Thank you for joining the live broadcast of East Bay Bible Fellowship in Alameda, California. We pray that you'll be blessed by the worship and the preaching of God's Word. If you have any questions or would like to find out more about our service times and location, feel free to call us at 510-697-8220 or go to our website at ebbfellowship.com. That's ebbfellowship.com. Thank you and God bless. Let's give the Lord a great big hand clap of praise. Oh, come on. As you're clapping your hands, begin to shout, thank you, Jesus. Shout it again, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, the Lord has heard your prayer. Shout it again. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord bless you as you return to your seats tonight. Good to be here with you tonight. I feel a wonderful presence of the Lord here. And um, the Apostle Paul said, I will not fail to be obedient to the vision. And uh, I have prayed and fasted about this service. And uh, I felt like God has showed me what I'm supposed to do. And so I'm going to do my very best to obey what God has showed me tonight. And uh, I believe that God has a word for us here this evening. Can you say amen? amen? Let's all stand to our feet. Give honor to Brother Elder, to the church here. That's all right. Give honor to the church here in Pueblo. God bless all of you. Amen. Uh, give thanks to uh, my church family the shoemakers, amen, God bless them, and God bless Elder Holmes, so good to see him, and uh, God bless my good friend, Brother Williams, amen, love and appreciate him and his wife and his sons, amen. I got some Bible to read tonight, if, if that's all right, and so um, we're going to stay in the same book, so if you have your Bibles, the book of Numbers, the 16th chapter, we're going to go somewhat back and forth. We're going to go from number 16, then to numbers 20, and then to numbers 14. Can you say amen when you're there? Book of Numbers, chapter 16, and verse number 4. The word of the Lord says, And when Moses heard it, he fell. Everyone say fell. He fell upon his face. Numbers 20 in verse number six, the word of the Lord says, And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and they fell upon their faces. Everyone say fell. And they fell upon their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. Finally, Numbers 14 and verse number five. The Bible says, 
Then Moses and Aaron fell. Everyone say fell. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. With the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach to you on the fine art of falling on your face. The fine art of falling on your face. The fine art of falling on your face. Heavenly Jesus, we thank you for your presence that's so rich in this house. God, I thank you for every man of God that's graced this pulpit and cemented your word here already. God, I pray that you help me to stand and to preach your word with fervor, with passion, with faith, and with grace, and to minister unto the hearers. God, bless your people. There are wonderful people. And I pray that tonight we'd walk out of here experiencing the miraculous. In Jesus' name. And everyone shout a big old amen. Let's give Jesus a great big hand clap of praise. Come on. There's something special in the house tonight. Jesus. Jesus. Shake your neighbor's hand. Give them a great big God bless you. And you may be seated. In the Hebrew language, there are a good number of words which only come in the plural form. It does not matter if you're speaking of one or many, the subject is always spoken of in the plural. It cannot be found in the singular. One such word is the word face, which in Hebrew is panim. In Hebrew, there are only faces. There is no such thing as a singular face. No one has only one face. Now this might seem strange to us at first, given our Western idiom and insult that bad people are two-faced. But when you think about it, all of us have different faces for different occasions. And there's nothing wrong with that. Truth be told, life will eventually demand you to learn when it's time to change faces. Can you think of how strange it would be if you talked to everybody with the same face? The face manifests the inner emotional status of a person. In fact, in Hebrew, the word face is closely related to the word inner or innermost. In Hebrew, that is pana. Pana and panim are cognate words. And the reason that they are related is because the face reveals what's going on inside of all of us. The pain, the face showcases our pain, our joy, our grief, our love, our peace, our pleasure, our despairs, our hopes. When we look at scripture, we see that it has a lot to say about Moses and faces. In Exodus 2 and 2, 
The Bible says that Moses was a beautiful child. They did not come to this conclusion by looking at his feet. He had a beautiful face. In Exodus 2 and 15, Moses flees from the face of Pharaoh. In Exodus 3, Moses hides his face at the burning bush. In Exodus 33, the Bible says that Moses desires to see the face of God. The Bible will later go on to say in that same chapter that the Lord spoke with Moses face to face as a man does with his friend. Exodus 34 tells us that after Moses spoke with God, that the skin on his face shined. The Apostle Paul, several thousand years later, would write in 2 Corinthians 13 that Moses' face shined so much that he had to wear a veil over it. But perhaps the most interesting thing the Bible has to say about Moses and his face is that there were times when life became so complicated internally and externally that the only thing he could do was fall on his face. I am concerned tonight that if we are not careful, we will lose an appreciation for the fine art of falling on our faces. The bulk of modern Christianity scoffs at this type of behavior. They look at people who lay out on the floor and think that it is primitive, unsophisticated, and uncouth. Brother, falling on your face is apostolic, and it's as Christian as it comes. I came tonight to pass a torch to this generation, and I don't want us to ever lose the ability to know how to fall on our face before God Almighty and ask Him for help when we don't know where else to go, and we don't... Oh, come on. I'm telling you right now that one of the reasons our world is in so much trouble is because sophisticated Christianity has lost the passion to fall on their face. I want you to know that the intensity of your problems must be matched with an intensity to find the solution. Every once in a while, life's going to come up right behind you and smack you so hard that you're going to have no option but to get on your face. You're not going to be able to think your way out. You're not going to be able to pay your way out. You're not going to be able to talk your way out. You're not going to be able to jimmy the lock. You're going to have to get on your face and pray before. I know that, I know that I'm new around these necks of the woods and, and I haven't even really been preaching for that that long. But I will tell you this much. I have been living for God long enough to be able to tell you that God will create a zone in everybody's life where only he can fix what's in that zone. He'll create, he'll create a wall around your life. He'll give you a 10 foot wall and a 5 foot ladder and he'll say I want to see what you're going to do about this gap and you're going to have to get on your face and ask God to make up the gap you're going to have to get up oh come on let's magnify Jesus the Holy Ghost has got a word for somebody here tonight come on we're not I'm, oh Jesus hallelujah 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 oh come on oh come on Amen, amen. 
We're going to have to fall on our face when we are falsely accused. In the book of Numbers chapter 16 that we read earlier, the Bible says that Moses is falsely accused by his cousin Korah of being opportunistic, power hungry, and overreaching. I want to talk to you about what you got to do when you are falsely accused. At some point or another, you're going to have to determine that you can't put out every fire. And I don't know who I'm preaching to tonight, but I just feel like there's some folk in the building uh, that people have been lying on you. Uh, people have been saying stuff about you. People have been talking behind your back, uh, talking about your kids. Uh, I feel like there might even be some young people here right now that people have been rising up and saying things about you that are not true. Uh, and I, you're, you're, you just, you've run out of breath. Uh, you've run out of power. Uh, you cannot explain to everybody. Uh, you're tired of trying to prove yourself uh, that you didn't do it and you didn't say that and you didn't go there amen you know what it's time to do it's time to get on your face and pray amen I'm preaching I don't know why I feel like I'm preaching to a preacher that there might even be some people in your congregation that have rose up and begin to falsely accuse you it's not time to kick them out it's not time to quit pastoring it's time to get on your face and pray it's not time to call a church-wide meeting and argue point for point on how they're wrong and how nobody it's time to get on your face and pray Oh, come on, come on, come on. Come on, somebody. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, come on, come on. He told Oh, Jesus. Jesus tells us in the book of Luke, he says, pray for them which despitefully persecute you. Amen. God gives us the solution on what to do when crooked fingers are being pointed at us. God gives us the solution as to what to do when people start lying on us. God gives, and just so you know, because I feel like there's some folk getting nervous. I ain't preaching to somebody who thinks their three-time felon son who's in prison right now has been falsely accused every time. I ain't preaching to you. I'm I'm preaching the folks that know you're trying to live right and all of a sudden Satan and his lying mouth has rose up against you. Hey, I want you to know that when you get on your face, God will raise up a standard against the enemy and God will condemn every lying tongue that raises itself up against you for your sake. Oh, come on, come on. He Amen. Amen. I can remember a time when I, when, I, when I was just barely living for God and I was just trying to find my way around, amen, this new Christian lifestyle. And I got, I got one of the best jobs I had ever had in all my life. And I was so excited about this new job I got. I was being paid more than I had ever been paid. And man, I just thought God was so good and things were so great. And then one day my manager called me into the office. I hadn't been there but a few weeks. And she said, we need to have a talk. And I thought, man, God's getting really good now. I'm about to get a raise and I've only been here a few weeks. I was just, you know, I was just thinking that the glass was half full. I was just trying to be optimistic. And uh, she said, we're going to have to let you go. And I thought, let me go. Man, why? She said, well, your co-worker has said X, Y, and Z. And uh, 
I had a coworker that began to falsely accuse me of all kinds of things. And I just stood there with my mouth open. And, you know, back in the day before I got saved, I would have just argued point for point. But there was something in my spirit that just told me to be quiet, go home, go in my room, close the door, and lay on my face. I took that last check. Amen. I walked out the door crying, mad, upset, punching the steering wheel in the car. Amen. But when I walked into my house, I got into my room like the Lord told me, closed the door behind me. Amen. Laid out on my face and told God the situation. Brother, can I tell you that it was just a few short weeks until I had an even better job than that one. But I had to get on. I'm preaching it. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, let's magnify Jesus. Hallelujah. My monitors are going Come on, come on, I'm preaching to somebody. Oh, Jesus. You know, this, this, this subject, this subject, and I know there's a lot of quacky people out there these days that just think everybody's out to get them. I'm not preaching to you. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm preaching to the good folk, amen, that, that are trying, and, and all of a sudden there's all kinds of crazy stuff being said against you. Uh, you know, this, this, this subject here should be of particular interest to everybody because we are, we are living in a world, in, 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 a, in a generation where nobody wants to accept responsibility for their failures. And, 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 and can I tell you that when you live amongst people that do not want to accept responsibility for their failures, they're going to try to find somebody. They're going to try to find somebody, amen, to project their failures onto. They're going to try to blame you for what they did. They're going to try to say things. They're going to tell the manager, you dropped the ball. They're going to tell the teacher, it was your kid. They're going to... They're going to tell the judge it was you that started it. They're going to, you know, you know, the, the Bible says in James, it says in many things we offend all. I, if you think everybody's crazy about your bun and your skirt, sweetheart, you got another thing coming. If you think everybody's crazy about your church attendance, bro, you tripping. I'm telling you right now that don't rub everybody the right way. And some folks are going to rise up against you. You need to, you need to take notes tonight and you need to remember what I'm preaching because you're going to have to go home and get on your face you can't go oh come on for about 10 seconds you know I wasn't really going to say this but I'm going to say it now uh, you know, and, and if you'll just pardon me a few minutes, I, I want you to know I was not raised in church uh, and, and just by default, I do not play favorites, but uh, I, 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 I preach at enough churches and I, I, I travel the country enough and uh, to know that there's a lot of people uh, that, that love to rise up and accuse pastor's kids falsely. Yeah, I thought I'd get that response. Because everybody in church want to pick on the pastor's kid. 
and, and I'm not even raised in church, and I hope you don't even think I'm trying to give a plug for myself to preach anywhere. Brother Prado, go home and preach. Amen to chairs. I'm not tripping like that. But I want you to know, I don't think it's right when people get picked on and they haven't done nothing wrong. I don't care whether you're a church kid or a street kid. Amen. It ain't right to falsely accuse somebody. It's not right to call somebody a fornicator when you don't have proof. It's not right to call somebody... Oh, I'm preaching good in Katie. Oh, come on. But, but truth be told, truth be told, you can't make anybody love you. So let me preach to the pastor's kids for just a second. When you're getting railed on and you're getting accused, hey kid, I'm just telling you right now, it don't matter what your name is or what your last name is, it's time for you to ask mom and dad for keys to the church and go into the prayer room and lay on your face. Amen, because you're not gonna be able, you're just gonna be a target. I know, and I got kids, and I know I don't like that, but you know what? You can, you, you can let that pain, amen, turn into a prayer life. You can let that attack. Amen. Put you on the offensive. Amen. You can turn things around, but you got to make it up in your mind. I'm not going to argue with Cora. I'm not going blow for blow. I'm not fighting fire with fire. I'm going before the Lord Almighty and I'm going to let him settle this issue. I'm going before the, I don't know why brother John hates me all of a sudden. I don't know why sister Tina's talking about me. I don't know why the ushers are tripping on me, but I'm going to still go to the prayer room and I'm going to get a hold of God and I'm going to lay on my face until God gives me favor until God gives come on come on the Holy Ghost is moving in this house somebody shout amen in the book of Numbers chapter 20 amen in verse number 6 Moses and Aaron fall on their face we got to learn how to fall on our face when people ask us for things we do not have. The children of Israel are petitioning Moses, and petition is probably a nice word, but they are petitioning Moses to give them water. And Moses don't have water. Moses is in the desert. And God tells Moses, and I'll get back to this in a second, but God tells Moses, Talk to the rock. We got to learn how to talk to rocks, people. Rock, a.k.a. teenager, a.k.a. stubborn husband, a.k.a. stubborn wife, a.k.a. manager at the job. You got you to learn how to speak to things. You can't just... You can't just be swinging at everything. You can't just be bursting out in wrath on everything. You can't be punching holes in the wall about everything. You can't be kicking rocks over everything. You got to learn how to talk to rocks. You got, brother, I'm telling you right now, if you'll learn how to talk to a rock, some water will come out of that rock. If you'll obey God and get on your face, he'll make water spring forth from rocks. He'll make... Oh, come on. Oh, come on. He talked. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, talk to the rock. Talk to the rock. Talk to. Oh, Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Somebody shout amen. They tell Moses, we need water. You know, I, I, have, a, I have a five-year-old at home and a one-year-old. And, and, and you know, my five-year-old is at the, at, the, at the age and stage now where she just likes to ask for stuff. And not everything she asks for is bad. But not everything she asks for is in our budget. Listen, I'm on a plane tomorrow morning at 4.30, so I'm, I'm, I'm not too sure I care what you think about this. I was taught that you just take everything to God in prayer and in detail. If it ain't wrong and my daughter wants it and it's not in the budget, I'm going to get on my knees and see what God has to say about it. And I'm going to tell God what color I want it, at what price I want it. Come on. There's going to be times people ask you for stuff you don't have. And you're going to have to get on your face and ask God for some answers. You're going to have to get. I'm telling you this times you're going to get bills in the mail that you ain't got money to pay. There's going to be times that doctors are going to ask you for money you ain't got. There's going to be times your kids ask you for things they need. But it's not in your budget. There's going to be times life demands stuff of you. There's going to be times life is going to hit you over the head and say get up. And you ain't going to have the strength to get up. And so you know what you do? You just stay down, but roll over and get on your face and start praying to God. And I promise you, strength will come on you. Amen. Hey, young evangelists, take it from this preacher right here. There's going to be days you got more open weekends than book weekends. And I'm telling you, you want to book up your calendar? Get on your face. It beats handing out cards. It beats shaking hands in the lobby. Amen. You get on your face and pray. God will open doors. God will make ways. God will pay your bills. God will pay for that truck. God will pay for that trailer. God will pay for that... Somebody shout, yes, he can. Come on, say, yes, he can. Come on, give God a hand, praise him. Come on, go for it, go for it, go for it. I feel faith right now. Yes, he can. Come on, shake the devil's lies off. Shake the devil's... Just a few, uh, well, a year ago now, amen, we started a small church, and I don't really talk much about what I'm doing, but we started a small church, and uh, we just started from the ground up, uh, started knocking doors, me and my wife, uh, when I wasn't evangelizing, I was evangelizing, hallelujah, because I'm an evangelist, and uh, I was just knocking on doors every, every week I had off when I wasn't preaching, amen, throughout the week, me and my wife would just go knock doors, get Bible studies, amen, and uh, in, a, in, a, in a year's time, we were finally able to start Sunday services, uh, but, but I got to the point where I, I, I got a Toyota Corolla, all right, it's just not big enough, uh, I got two kids with two car seats, thank God my wife's a little petite Filipino lady because she fits in there, uh, but, but things are tight. But you know what? The harvest was asking of me. Revival was asking of me. And I didn't have, I didn't have a bigger car. And you know what I did? 
We were driving down the freeway. I saw a Ford Transit van, 2016. I told my wife, I said, I want a van just like that. I, I, I'm telling you, we were going down 880. I told my wife, I said, I want a van just like that. Ford Transit, silver, 2016. She, she said, okay. With your bad self. I got home after I declared what I wanted. I got on my knees and I told God about the name of the van. I told God about the maker of the van. I told God about the color of the van. Amen. And when I was done praying, God said, I'm going to buy it for you. I got up. I told my wife. I said, God just told me he's going to buy me that van. She said, okay. Hey. Can I tell you, I was preaching a revival a few weeks later for Brother Johnny Godair. And as I was getting ready to get on the plane, he said, son, I heard you started a church. I said, yes, sir. He said, do you need a van? I said, yes, sir. He said, you go pick that van, buy that van, and send us the bill for that van. I said, yes, sir. And when... Come on. Come on. Talk to God about it. Talk to God about it. Tell him. Come on, go, 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 go. Don't be, don't be quiet on Jesus. Don't. Oh, come on for about 10 seconds. Clap in the devil's face. And if you feel ashamed about asking for something because you don't want nobody to hear you while everybody's clapping, tell Jesus, Jesus, I need a house with one more room because we got another kid coming. Jesus, I need a van to pick up some kids from that hood we've been witnessing it. Come on, come on, come on. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Jesus, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. You know what the problem is? Too many times we look at situations and we start thinking, my economy doesn't support the demands. I live in a busted place, there's no jobs. Hey, listen, you're not depending on your local economy, you are depending on God. I'm going to say that again. You are not depending on your economy. You are depending on God. And God. Hey. Can I tell you that when Moses talked to God in that burning bush, the first thing the scripture declares about that burning bush is that it burned, but it was not consumed. And we know that fire needs fuel. Amen. But God refused to let that bush burn because God wanted Moses to know, I don't, I don't need anything to keep me going. I am the self-existent one. I am that I am and I will be what I will be. Amen. Wood don't feed this fire. This is an eternal fire. I don't need, I don't need anybody's provision. I am the provider. I don't need anybody's sustenance. I give freely. Oh, Jesus. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. 
on, come on, come on. Come on, we need to pray just for a few seconds right now. I feel like God's about to provide for somebody right now. Oh, come on, put your hands together. Put your hands together. Oh, come on, come on, come on. I said it. I said at First Church in San Jose the other night, Bishop Holmes was preaching. Bishop Holmes, you don't know this, but as you got to talking, you were reading my mail, paying for the stamp, and sending it certified. A few years ago, Bishop Holmes, I woke up with the pain on my right side. I was evangelizing. I was traveling all over the world, seeing hundreds, thousands get the Holy Ghost, and I started getting a little cocky. And that's, that's not, that's not, that's not, that's not the young man God found. When God saved me, brother, I don't, I'm not saying this to brag. I'm not trying to get nobody's pat on the back. I'm telling you. I knew I needed God. I knew I needed God to not go back on dope. I knew I needed God to make it from Sunday to Sunday. I knew I needed God to help me get a job, didn't even have a GED. And just out of faithfulness and praying, God, God began to bless me and open doors for me and gave me favor. And all of a sudden, I started slipping on my prayer life. I remember where I was at. I was sitting in the kitchen drinking a coffee. And I told my wife, I said, I got a pain right here on my right side. It didn't go away in one week. It didn't go away in three weeks. It didn't go away in four weeks. You know when it, it took two years. And I went to the doctors and they said, we don't know what's wrong with you. And they did tests. And they said, they, they did the x-rays, the CAT scans, all the tests, nothing. And so I got on my face. And I told God, I don't care if I show up at three in the morning or I gotta travel on planes 19 hours, I'm gonna be checking in for prayer no matter what happens. 
This is not part of my message, but I'm telling you right now, there are people here right now, I'll tell you what the problem is. The problem's not your boss. The problem's not your husband. Your problem's not your kids. The problem is you've forsaken the prayer room. The problem is, and I know a lot of people don't like to talk like this because theologically it's, it's, not, it's not okay to say that God, amen, might put the pinch on somebody. Hey, let me tell you something. The Bible says he is a jealous God. And if you've ever met anybody that's jealous, they will kill you before they let somebody else have you. If you've ever met somebody that is seriously jealous, they will hunt you down. They will stalk you. They will call you at all kinds of odd hours. They will follow you around places. They'll sneak up on you. And they'll preaching good right about now. And I'm telling you right now, there's some people God is on your tail. Girl, you forgot the woman you were when you came in the church. Hey, bro, you have forgotten the man you were when you came in the church. Got your business, but now you don't pray. You got your little house and your husband, but now you don't pray. You got some cute kids and pictures, but now you don't pray. And God sent this chubby preacher to tell you, it's time to get back on your face and remember Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Woo! Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. Oh, do you feel what I feel? Do you feel that coming up from your belly? Hey, Oh, come on, every hand lifted up just for a few seconds. I'm almost done preaching, I promise. Oh, Jesus. God. come on you can keep the company you can keep the job you can keep the clothes you can keep the car that's not what God's after that's not what God's trying to shake you of God's trying to get you back disciples the kind that Christ calls and the kind that called to Christ do you not know that Jesus called all his 12 disciples but in the book of Mark there's one man who goes to Jesus 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 goes to him but he's not aware that Jesus is coming for him but when he sees Jesus he runs towards him 
And on top of that, he, he does not come from the upper echelon. He's not a fisherman. He's not an entrepreneur. He's a demon-possessed man. He is deranged and out of his mind. But when he sees Jesus, he falls out at his feet and begins to worship him. Jesus had to tell Peter to come and follow him. Jesus had to tell John to come and to follow him. Jesus had to tell all the other disciples, follow me. But this man did not have to be told to follow Jesus. He fell at the feet of Jesus and Jesus delivers him of all these devils. And he says, now go. He didn't even release his own disciples that fast. He said, you, go tell everybody what God has done for you. That man was not even from Gadara. The Bible says, and straightway he went to Decapolis and told everyone the great things that God, I'm preaching in the Holy Ghost right now, and he told everyone the great things that God had done for him. There are people here sitting under the sound of my voice. When God found you, you were deranged and twisted. You were a pile of, of just sin and debauchery and God lifted you up and God said now go and you've stopped going you've stayed still you've started to be like the people at Babel who refused to populate the earth and move you're you're and God is saying I'm gonna shake you till you go again I'm gonna shake you till you move again I'm gonna shake you till you start talking again I'm gonna Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Oh, oh, Jesus. Jesus. I'm, 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 I'm going to close. I don't need the musicians to come yet, but I'm, I'm there. In the book of Numbers, our very last verse in chapter, Moses is being told by the children of Israel again that they need water. And he says, I don't, I don't have water. And they start telling Moses, it were better if we just died in Egypt. And I want to preach to you as we close out Torch 2016 that when everybody wants to go back to Egypt, it's time to get on your face. Hey, I love the word of God. I'm, I'm going to make a point, but if you think I'm, I got the big head, whatever. I, I don't have the big head. I'm, I'm making a point here. When I got saved, I read the New Testament once a week. Even now as a preacher, I will transcribe the Bible. I will sit down and write it word for word for word. I have binders and binders at home where I transcribe the word of God. I love God's word, but can I tell you that there's times that that word has to go down 18 inches from my head to my heart. Because there are times when it does not matter how much Bible you got locked up in your head, you're going to get shook. There are times when verses will dance before your eyes. 
And in the last few years, I'm just going to be very transparent. I know I could be criticized for this. That's okay. But I'm going to be, I'm going to keep it real with you. I know what it is to be a saint of God and watch the assistant pastor backslide. I know what it is to be a saint of God, reading God's word every day, praying every day and watching people leave the church and watching people go back to Egypt and watching people forget that there was no cloves, melons, leeks or garlic for them and they think that life was better back there and I'm thinking to myself people we can't do this. Life is not better back there and I'm telling you it doesn't matter how many verses I got in my head. It's not working and you know what I got to do? I got to get on my face and let that word go down 18 inches right into my chest, right into my heart until I get a conviction in my spirit that I'm not going back to Egypt. I'm not going back to Pharaoh's house. I'm not going back to the house of bondage. I refuse. I don't care if I'm the only one left standing. Amen. And the preacher, I'm not going back. I know the man I was when God saved me. I know the... Come on, come on. When your girlfriend's going back, let her go. You stay right here. When your best friend decides to go back, let him go. You stay right here. When... I got the Holy Ghost. I got the Holy Ghost. And three years after I got the Holy Ghost, I started preaching. Three years after I started preaching, I went to go get my preacher's license. I remember the day I went to go get my preacher's license. I was, I, and I, you need to listen to me good. The day I went to go get my preacher's license, I stepped in the lobby of the hotel. I had a room rented because I had to go see the board the next day. I saw about 15 young preachers. Some of them have probably even preached here before. Good friends of mine now. But I saw about 15 young preachers all in the lobby trying to get a hotel. And I said, hey guys, don't worry about it. Y'all could stay in my room tonight. That room, we, that night we all piled up in my room. 15, no less, preachers in that room. And I remember that night was the first time I ever met Joe Booker. And Joe Booker and I just stayed up the whole night talking about God, talking about Bible. And can I tell you, amen, that out of those 15 preachers in that room, amen, only me, Joe Booker, and one other guy are still even living for God. Some of those guys were evangelists preaching conferences, and today they're in jail. Some of those guys were evangelists and preaching conferences, amen, and today they're divorced from their wife. Amen. Strung out on drugs. Today some of them are so gone doctrinally and spiritually that it's not even funny. And every time I saw one of them go the wrong way, it shook me. But you know what it did? It made me get on my face. Amen. And seek God. It made me get on my face. Come on, we need to magnify Jesus right now. Pastor Bo, I'll never forget. I'll never forget reading Victor Frankl's Man in Search of Meaning for the first time. Victor Frankl was a logotherapist. He was, he was about to, uh, 
He was Sigmund Freud's protege. He was about to become one of the most renowned psychotherapists ever. But he got hauled off to the concentration camps in Nazi Germany. And Viktor Frankl told a story. He was a Jew. But he told a story about how that he used to have to drop bodies off to cremate them. And he said that it gets so cold in Germany sometimes. And he said, I feel ashamed about it to this day. He said, but I'd rip, the, I'd rip the clothes off the dead bodies and cover myself. He said, I'll never forget one day there was a, there was a religious Jew. I had, him in a, I had him in a cart and I was about to throw him in the fire. He said, but I was, it was freezing cold. So I took his coat off. I put his coat on very quickly and I left him in the fire. He said, I turned around and I started walking back towards my bunker. He said, and I could hear something crackling inside the, 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 the pocket of the jacket. He said, I reached inside the pocket of my jacket and I pulled out a page from the Bible. He said, it was Deuteronomy 6.4. And it said, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Hold on. He said, I looked back and I saw the smoke going up and I saw all my people being burned to flames. And I looked at that piece of paper. He said, and I realized for the first time in my life, I've got to get these words off this paper and into my heart. Come on, come on, I'm telling you, it can burn, it can go down, friendships can deteriorate, people will go back to Egypt, you've got to get this word in your heart, you can't just quote it, you got to just get it in your spirit, you got to get on your face, and you got to tell God, I don't care who's going back, I'm not going back! Oh, come on, everybody stand. You know why this is such a big deal? It's a big deal because people don't backslide anymore. They just switched churches. Do you not know that there's a nice little pool being made for all the people who want to play Pentecost? Preach Acts 238 too, brother. We're just not as hard as you guys. We talk in tongues too. I'm fifth generation. I'm blah, 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 blah. We're just... We, we believe in mercy, that's all. mercy too I believe that God's mercy is so great and so grand that it doesn't just forgive me but it also gives me a distinct method of lifestyle 
that if I follow the plan, the things that destroyed me once will never destroy me again. That's mercy. If you think mercy is just God saying, hey, you're all right, don't worry about it, just keep walking. Brother, that's not mercy. You know what mercy is? Hey, I forgive you, son. I forgive you, daughter. Listen, you got to do it this way. Isn't that what we do with our infants when they learn how to, how they're trying to learn how to walk, they fall, we pick them up, we, have, we hold them by both hands, we try to show them how to take steps. There was no melons. There was no graveyards. I believe the Egyptians let the Jews die on the street. If he threw their babies in the Nile River for the crocodiles to eat them, what did he do with their elderly, with their dead? He, they, they didn't have graveyards, nice little graveyards for Jews. People forget. So much, so much spiritual amnesia running around. I've, I've talked too much.
Be a 
just keep praying but don't stop praying but listen while you're praying while I was praying here the Lord just spoke to me and said he don't want just a one night affair with us tonight we get on our face we pray but God's seeking a commitment out of us a lifestyle of getting on our face I want us to raise our hands this is between you and God this is personal I'm going to tell you something God don't do one night stands folks he wants a covenant and a commitment if you're going to commit yourself to relearning the art of falling on your face I want you to lift your hands and make that covenant with God right now come on young man come on young lady I'm making a covenant with you God come on you're not too young to make a covenant if you can do homework every day you can pray every day I said if you can do homework every day you can pray every day come on brothers come on brothers and sisters if you can take the trash out every day you can pray every day if you can get up and go to work every day you can get up and fall on your face every day come on come on come on let's don't let this message from God fall by the wayside let's make a strong commitment to him right now come on come on come on <laughs> why don't you make a covenant I'm going to go to the house of God every day and I'm going to pray it's too easy just sitting at home to get distracted by a lot of stuff why don't you make a commitment I'm going to the house of God every day I'm going to the house of God. Come on. Come on, people. That's called sacrifice. That's what the church is built on is sacrifice. I'm going to the house of God every day and I'm going to talk to God. I'm going to fall on my face before God. Come on. I feel some resistance right now. Will you help me pray till that resistance is broken? Somebody help me pray till that resistance is broken. There's flesh that's getting in the way of our commitment to God. I need some brothers and sisters that know how to pray with me till that resistance is broken. Don't tell me how holy you are if your life is prayerless. God don't care where your dress length is if you don't pray. He don't care where your sleeve length is if you don't pray and get in the Holy Ghost and fall on your face. Your righteousness is as filthy rags. Come on, let's pray our way into being humble before Him when it's done by the Holy Ghost. Come on, I need some people that will help me break past the veil of flesh right now. Somebody help me. Somebody that knows how to get a hold of God, will you help me right now? Somebody that knows how to get a hold of God, will you help me right now? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. 
I'm doing this, God. I'm doing this, God. I'm doing this. Come on. You might be a new convert. One of the best things you can learn as a new convert is to go to the house of the Lord and pray. Yes. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Come on, you can have the Holy Ghost right now. You can have the Holy Ghost right now. Let's pray, church. There's people seeking the Holy Ghost. God wants to fill them with the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, you can have deliverance right now. Right now, right now, right now. God will deliver you of that drug addiction right now. God will set you free from that alcohol right now. God will set you free from that immorality right now, right now, right now. God will deliver you of that homosexuality if you humble yourself and pray before God. Come on, somebody help me pray. The devil's lied to you and told you there's no way out. But that's a lie from the pit of hell. If you'll fall on your face, God will set you free. My God, I feel the power of the Holy Ghost in here. Come on, humble yourself before God. Humble yourself before God. Humble yourself before God. He'll deliver you. He'll set you free. In the name of Jesus. 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 The devil's told you there's no people in your city that wants this gospel. That's a lie. Fall on your face and call on the name of the Lord. Fall on your face. God didn't send you there to be a failure. He didn't send you there for you to lose your faith. Come on, brother. We'll fall on our face if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves. Jesus, come out of her. Right now, in the name of Jesus, come on. There's victory. Somebody help me pray. Some of you are ready to quit. You're ready for church to be over, but God's not ready.
ready to, for church to be over. He's ready to move in this house. That's it. In the name of Jesus, receive the Holy Ghost right now. In the name of Jesus, come on. Some of you are just ready to do your Pentecostal thing. God's ready to have revival around here. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Get your filthy hands off of her. You're a lying spirit. You're a liar, Satan. Somebody help me lift up the name of Jesus right now. Somebody help me lift up the name of Jesus right now. Somebody help me lift up the name of Jesus right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Brother, why don't you reach over to a brother and lay your hand and pray in the name of Jesus one with another. Sister, reach over and lay a hand on a sister. Pray in the name of Jesus. My God, right now, let miracles take place in this house. Let deliverance take place in this house right now. Come on. I take dominion over every filthy spirit in the name of Jesus. We take dominion over every spirit of discouragement, over every bitterness, over every spirit of failure. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.
Thank you.